Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, and verse 4. Mark 16, 4. As we've just read, Mark 15 ends with Jesus' death and uh, burial. We read of his death back in verse 37 of chapter 15. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And then of his burial in verse 46 of the 15th chapter. And Joseph, that's Joseph of Arimathea, bought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. So Mark 15 ends with Jesus' death and burial. And then Mark 16 begins with Jesus' resurrection. We have the great statement of the angel in verse 6, he has risen, he is not here. But in the run-up to that, verse 1 tells us uh, that it's Saturday, uh, that it's Sunday morning, and uh, Mary uh, Magdalene and Mary, uh, the uh, mother of James and Salome, sorry, it's Saturday evening, verse 1, and these women, they're buying spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus. Verse 2, it's Sunday morning, it's early on uh, the first day of the week. And these three ladies, they come to the tomb where Jesus had been laid. And as they come, verse 3, they are asking a question of themselves and of one another. Their question is this, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Saturday evening, they've bought their spices and they've made their plans. Sunday morning, they're coming to the tomb in order that they might do as they had planned. And yet they have this question. Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And then comes verse 4, where we read, and, some translations have but, and or but, looking up, they saw, that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. You see, their question was, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw. And looking up, what did they see? Well, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away. We might say that these women, they began verse 4 in the darkness. Jesus is dead, so they think. The stone is in the way, so they think. And their minds are full of doubts, and their hearts are full of fears. But though they begin verse 4 in the darkness, these women end verse 4 in the light or at least coming into the light. 
For the stone has been rolled away. The Lord Jesus is alive and has risen from the dead. And their minds and their hearts begin to be flooded with faith, with hope, and with joy. And it may be that there is one or another here this evening. And you are beginning this sermon in the darkness. As these women began, verse 4, in the darkness, so you are beginning this sermon in the darkness. You are at least metaphorically, if not uh, literally, looking down. You have come tonight talking to yourself, perhaps talking to others. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're up against, whatever your particular situation and circumstances in life, you have doubts in your mind, you have fears in your heart, you have all manner of questions. But it's my prayer this evening that as these women began verse 4 in the darkness, but ended verse 4 coming into the light, So though you may begin this sermon in the darkness, you might end it in the light. Like these women looking up, seeing the reality of Jesus' resurrection and knowing what it is to have your mind and your heart flooded with faith, hope and joy. I'm calling the message from God's word this evening. Look up and see. These women, what did we read? Looking up, they saw. And it made all the difference. And oh, that you tonight, my friend, might be helped to look up. And looking up to see. And to see that whoever you are, and wherever you're from, and whatever you're in the midst of, The resurrection of Jesus Christ makes all the difference. Made all the difference for these women 2,000 years ago. And can make all the difference for you right here, right now, tonight. So these women, they had their question. Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? No doubt that is not your question as you are found here in church tonight. But as surely as they had their question, so perhaps you have your question. And I want us to think about this theme of looking up and seeing, and to just think briefly about a a handful of questions that one or another might have. Maybe one of them will be your question as you sit in church tonight. And let's think about how the experience of these women on that resurrection morning can help you in your life and in your experience. And as you think about Jesus Christ and what it means to trust in Him and uh, to follow Him. So question number one tonight How can I get my sins forgiven? That's a good question to ask. Is that your question tonight? How can I get my sins forgiven? 
The Bible tells you that you are a sinner. I am a sinner. You are a sinner. We are all sinners. The Bible tells you that you need forgiveness for your sins. I need forgiveness for my sins. We all need forgiveness for our sins. And it is a blessing when we are given to feel something of a sense of our sin and something of our need for forgiveness. If you've never felt your sin, if you've never sensed any need for forgiveness, then you need to cry out to God tonight that he might give you a sense of your sin and cause you to feel your need of forgiveness. But it may be that as you're here tonight, you are already there. You don't need the preacher to tell you you're a sinner. You're willing to accept that. You don't need the preacher to tell you that you need forgiveness for your sins. You're willing to accept that as well. But your great question is, how can I get my sins forgiven? And perhaps you feel, the more you take your sins seriously the more seriously you seem to sin. I was having a conversation with a gentleman not so very long ago back home and he was saying to me, I never used to be bothered about my sin. But the more I've become bothered about the sin, my sin, the more sin I seem to have to be bothered about. And he wondered if that was a bad sign. I tried to encourage him that it was a good sign because he was bothered about his sin. And yes, when we're not bothered about our sin, we are are blind to it all. But when the Holy Spirit causes us to be bothered about our sin, we, we realize just how much sin we have to be bothered about. But if your sin is looming large to your view, Maybe present sin, maybe recent sin, maybe sin from long ago, but the guilt of it haunts you. And you wonder tonight, this is your question. How can I get my sins forgiven? What did these women do? Our text tells us, looking up, they saw. What do you need to do, my friend, tonight? You need to look up and see. These women, they looked up, and when they looked up, they saw the answer to their question that the stone had already been rolled away from the entrance to the tomb. And when you look up, and when you look away from yourself, and you look away to Jesus Christ, you see that Jesus Christ has died. And that Jesus Christ has risen again. And that is the answer to your question. That is how you can get your sins forgiven. Because Jesus Christ took them to Calvary. And he bore them all away in his own body on the tree. And he rose again from the dead. So that the tomb is empty. And so that he is able to forgive your sins, to give you his righteousness, to take you by the hand and to lead you through life all the way to heaven. How can I get my sins forgiven? The answer is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
The answer is in the cross and the empty tomb. I know that tonight, my friend, like never before, you might look up and you might see. And that you might look your eyes away to Jesus Christ and see that he can forgive your sins. And that he will forgive your sins. And that all you must do is let go of every other hope, every other confidence, and every other trust. And come running to Jesus Christ and place all your hope and all your confidence and all your trust in Him and in Him alone. How can I get my sins forgiven? Look up and see. But perhaps that's not your question. Maybe you have a different question this evening. Question number two. How can I fight my besetting sins? How can I fight my besetting sins? We all sin in many and varied ways. But we may each of us have particular besetting sins. Temptations that we are more prone to give way to than others. Sins which have dogged our steps all the way through our lives. That is true before we come to faith in Jesus Christ, before we become Christians, we have our besetting sins. And it is still true after we come to faith in Jesus Christ, after we become Christians, so long as we are in this life, so long as we are in this world, we will have particular sins that trouble us and that sadly we often find ourselves falling into. And so it may be tonight that your question is, how can I fight my besetting sins? It's not that you don't know how to have your sins forgiven, but you think, but if I was to come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I, I have these besetting sins, and, and what am I going to do about them? They so often seem to get the victory over me. How can I know any sense of victory over them? Maybe you would have to be honest and you would have to say, I keep committing the same sins time and time again. And so your question is, how can I fight my besetting sins? Well, what was the answer to the question these women asked 2,000 years ago? Looking up, they saw. And similarly, if you would fight your besetting sins, then you must look up and you must see. You must see again that the answer is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The gospel does not promise that if you come to faith in Christ, if you become a Christian, then you will never be troubled in this life by your besetting sins. The gospel doesn't, doesn't promise you that. 
But it does promise you that the same power that raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead and the same power that draws sinners one by one to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is available to every believer in order that not in our own strength, but in what the Apostle Paul calls in Philippians chapter 3, the power of His resurrection, that by the power of Christ's resurrection, we can find the strength to do battle with sin day by day. That our sins may not master us and uh, define us, but that with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ, having come to faith in Him, we may grow in likeness to Him. Little by little, becoming less and less what once we were, and slowly but surely, becoming more and more what one day, by His grace, we shall be. How can I fight my besetting sins? Look up and see. The answer is in the power of His resurrection. But again, maybe that's not your question tonight. Maybe you have a different question. So question number three. How can I quell my fearful doubts? How can I quell my fearful doubts? All of us have some doubts, at least on occasions. Some may have many doubts and may do so regularly. And it may be, particularly if you are near the kingdom, you feel something of your sin. You feel uh, something of uh, the uh, beauty and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and his so great salvation. You feel perhaps like one that Jesus met during his earthly ministry who said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. It's not that you don't want to believe. But you find so often your mind, your heart, bombarded by doubts and fears. And you might say tonight, preacher, I don't want to doubt and be fearful. But I find it so hard so often. How can I quell my fearful doubts? Well, friends, what was the answer? to the question these women had 2,000 years ago. Was it not that looking up, they saw? And what they saw answered their question. And similarly tonight, if you would ask, how can I quell my fearful doubts? God's word would call you to look up and to see. And to see that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. This is how much God loves you. That he sent his only begotten son into the world. This Jesus who was born in the stable in Bethlehem. This Jesus who grew up in the carpenter's shop in Nazareth. This Jesus who lived and ministered in Galilee. And he went here and there and everywhere. And the things that he said and the things that he did 
the miracles that he performed, the lives that he touched, the people that he changed, both on the outside and also on the inside. And this Jesus who was willing to go to Calvary to take our place on the cross, to pay the penalty due to us for our sin. This Jesus has risen from the dead. He is no longer in the tomb. He is alive forever and ever. He is seated at the right hand of the Father on high. One day he shall come again as the king upon the clouds of glory. These are objective facts. And so often we are thrown about here and there by our feelings. By our doubts, by our fears. But the answer is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He is risen. And because He is risen, we don't need to doubt. He is risen, and because He is risen, we don't have to fear. He is risen, and because He is risen, we can be sure He is risen. And because He is risen, we can know that trusting in Him, He will never let us down and He will never let us go. How can I quell my fearful doubts? Look up and see. The answer is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. But perhaps that's not your question either. Perhaps you have a different question tonight. So question number four. How can I find strength to persevere? How can I find strength to persevere? It's one thing to start something, it's something else to finish, isn't it? That's true in so many aspects of life. Here we are at the end of September, almost nine months through this year. Can you remember back to the beginning of the year? Can you remember back to New Year's Day? Did you make any New Year's resolutions? Perhaps they're not your thing. But if you did, how are you doing nine months into the year? It's easy to start something, isn't it? It's harder to keep going, to carry on. And maybe that's your question. Particularly if you are near the kingdom tonight. Particularly if you feel some draw towards the Lord Jesus Christ and, and saving faith in Him. But you have this question. You think, how, how could I possibly keep it up? If I were to become a Christian, and if I were to seek to be what Jesus would have me to be, and to live as Jesus would have me to live. Well, it might be all right when I'm in church on a Sunday night, but what about Monday morning? What about Thursday? What about next week? Next month? Next year? Would I make it to the end, you ask? Would I make it to tomorrow? 
How can I find strength to persevere? What was the answer to the question these women asked 2,000 years ago? Looking up, they saw. And what did they see? They saw that the stone had already been rolled away. They discovered that Jesus had risen from the dead and that that changed them. That changed everything for them and uh, for us all. How can you find strength to persevere? Well, the answer is in the risen Lord Jesus Christ and in the grace that he gives and that it is the same grace that saves, that is also the grace that keeps. You see, none of us can save ourselves. Nobody here is a Christian because they have saved themselves. And we are all united in our testimony that it is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone who has saved us. And if you would be a Christian, that's the only way you can be saved. You can't save yourself, and I can't save you, and the minister can't save you, and the elders can't save you, and some believer in your family can't save you, and and no one can save you but Jesus Christ. But he is able, and he is willing. He can, and he will, when you come and you trust in him. And it is this same Lord Jesus with his same grace and mercy, who brings us to faith in him, that leads us on in faith with him. In all the ups and downs of life, through all the changing scenes of life, in trouble and in joy, Through all those experiences in life which if we were writing the script they would have definitely been in there. And also through all those experiences of life where if we are honest, if we had been writing the script they would have been altogether left out. But Jesus Christ and His grace are enough not only to enable us to make a start in the Christian life, but to enable us to keep going all the way through the Christian life. Be our Christian life here on earth short or long. Until ultimately we go to be with him in glory. And we shall understand and appreciate then far more than we ever can here. Just how it was all of grace. All of grace that we ever began as Christians. All of grace that we ever kept going as believers. And all of grace that we ever made it all the way home to glory. So how can you find strength to persevere? You must look up and see. The answer is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You become a Christian. Holy by his grace. And you press on in the Christian life wholly by His grace. But again, perhaps that's not your question. So I've got one more. I promised you a handful. Question number five. Maybe this is your question. How can I face my dying hour? How can I face my dying hour? Maybe that you're not as young as once you were. It may be that you 
have some affliction, which means that you, whether you're old or not so old, you may not be too long in this scene of time. Or it may be that, humanly speaking, so far as you're aware, you're nowhere near your dying hour, but still the thought troubles you. What would you do when death calls your name? Because we must be honest. We must all die. We know the statistics. One in one die. Some may seem much nearer death than others. But none of us know how far or how near our dying hour may be. And it may be that you're feeling tonight, you would say, well, you say Jesus has defeated death by his death, by his resurrection. You say Jesus has defeated death. And it may be that you're not necessarily doubting or questioning or denying that. But you would say, you say Jesus has defeated death. But I'm still afraid to die. How can I face my dying hour. You know what I'm going to say next, don't you? What was the answer to the question these women asked 2,000 years ago about the stone? Looking up, they saw. And so how can you face your dying hour? God's word exhorts you tonight, my friend, to look up and looking up to see. That the answer is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has died. And he has come through death. And he has risen from the dead. And he has appeared the other side of the tomb. And so when our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we are called to face our dying hour. We are called to follow our leader. That's what it means to be a disciple, isn't it? To be a follower. We are called to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He leads us nowhere that he has not himself been before. And he would lead you through death and into everlasting life. Through death. And from this world to the next. Through death. And if your faith is in him, not to the hell you deserve, but to the heaven that he won for you upon the cross. That is not to say that for the Christian believer, death is necessarily easy. For some, it will be a, a long experience and a, a painful experience and a difficult experience. And we do not minimize that in any way by what we say tonight. But still this point stands. How can you face your dying hour? Well, it is as you look up and as you see. As you see that Jesus died but lives again. And as you see that if your faith and your trust is in him, then as he died, so you shall die. But as he lives, so you shall live. And so you can face your dying hour because death is not the end and because death will not take you to hell but because if your faith is in Christ, death will be for you 
the very gate to heaven and the entrance to glory and the pathway to eternal life with Jesus Christ. Look up and see. I thought about these five questions tonight. How can I get my sins forgiven? Look up and see. How can I fight my besetting sins? Look up and see. How can I quell my fearful doubts? Look up and see. How can I find strength to persevere? Look up and see. How can I face my dying hour? Look up and see. Have I asked your question this evening? Perhaps I have. Or maybe I haven't. But I put it to you that whether I've asked your particular question or not, I have answered your question this evening, whatever it might be. Because I'm sure it hasn't escaped your attention that although we've thought about five questions, the answer to each, to all of these five questions has been the very same. Look up and see. And that is what God's word would encourage you to do tonight, my friend. However far from God you may be, however near the kingdom you may be, however young you may be in the faith, however long you may have been trusting in Jesus Christ, whatever is your question, your concern, your need at this hour, the answer is look up and see. Look up and see the risen Lord Jesus Christ. The one who died that he might take away your sin. The one who lives that he might give to you his righteousness. The one who when you trust in him is your all and in all. Who is everything to you and all you could ever need. Look up and see. We split people up these days, don't we, into all sorts of groups. And we do it by age and by gender and by nationality and by uh, socioeconomic standing and all sorts of things. But I put it to you that in terms of our text tonight, there are really only two kinds of people. When all is said and done, we all have the same problems. The precise details of our lives may be varied, but in big picture terms, we all have the same problems. We have sins that need to be forgiven, we have besetting sins that need to be fought. We have fearful doubts that need to be quelled. We need somewhere, somehow, to find strength to persevere. We need each one of us when the time comes to face our dying hour. And so we could continue. We all have the same problems. The question is not whether or not we have these problems. The question is one of attitude. And what we would do about these problems. Would we carry on looking down, 
asking our questions, but not serious about finding answers. Happy, content, just to be in this vague not knowing, asking our questions, but not really taking seriously the answers that are to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ? Or would we bring these problems to the Lord Jesus Christ? Would we bring them to the foot of the cross? Would we bring them to the door of the empty tomb? Would we come like these women in search of the Lord Jesus? And they said, who's going to roll away the stone? And we say, how can we get our sins forgiven? And how can we fight our besetting sins? And how can we quell our fearful doubts? And how can we find strength to persevere? And how can we face our dying hour? Looking up, they saw. And my friend tonight, if you will but look up, then you will see. If you will but look up to the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will see that this Son of God, this Savior of the world, this Jesus Christ of the cross and the empty tomb, He is all the Savior you could ever want, all the Savior you could ever need, and he'll save you right here, right now, tonight. And he'll keep you all the way through your Christian life, short or long. And he'll take you safely home to glory. Look up and see. Amen. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this account in Mark's Gospel of our Saviour's resurrection from the dead, and of these women who came with their question. But looking up, they saw. We pray, O oh Lord, for any here tonight, whatever their questions, whatever their issues, be they near you, be they far from you, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would grant grace to look up. And looking up to see, to see the one who died upon the cross and was buried in the tomb, as risen from the dead and alive forever and ever, able to save, willing to save, able to keep all the Savior we could ever want or need. O oh Lord, do your saving work in some dear heart this night, we pray, and help us all to look up and to see, and to keep on looking up, to fix our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and to follow him through life. And when the time comes through death, and all the way through the gates of glory, and how we shall praise you when we are with Christ, which is far better. Bless us each one with your salvation, O Lord, we pray. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen.